Hello and welcome to According to John. Today we have uh, uh, we got a topic that we're going to discuss that may just kind of educate people. <laughs> or it might anger people too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's so good to be back at the broadcast mic with you, John. I spent uh, two months in uh, Florida, Sarasota, Florida. So why are you telling us about uh, it? I'm just, uh, I'm bragging a little bit. <laughs> I'm a snowbird. <laughs> I used to make fun of snowbirds. Now I are one, you know. <laughs> but my wife is making me be one. Uh, but you were loving it. I was. And I was sitting out by a pool writing out my podcast, catching a nice tan. I've never had a tan like this since I was 16 years old, bleach yeah. blonde. Yeah. Sun in, speeds up the sun lightning of your hair. <laughs> Well, so here's the other thing. He would call me and I'd hear him splashing the water on the poolside. <laughs> and I'm thinking, this is true. I'm thinking, Duke, I hate you, but <laughs> there's no humility in it, in it whatsoever. And then he's like, yeah, just so you know, Johnny, I'm sitting by the poolside. I go, Duke, I can hear you splashing the water, man. I, I it was know. intentional. <laughs> hey, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And then we're going to get started on this topic. Is there a difference between sex and gender? Biblically speaking, pray. We need help. Go ahead, brother. Open us, please. Father in heaven, we know it's the last days of your church age, and we know Satan is the prince and power of the air. We know he's the, he is the author of confusion, but you are the author of uh, sexuality. You are the author of, of gender. You are the author of life. You're big, you're good, you love us, and you've given us uh, a battle plan. You've given us uh, a moral code. And we pray for clarity for us as we speak from your word and for those who listen with a heart for Jesus. Make it profitable, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so uh, the question, and, and, and I will be honest with you. When I was asked a question, I could tell you if you would ask me that question 20 years ago. I could tell you the answer. Today, I don't know the answer because I'm so confused with their answers. Like, I'm, I'm confused with how do you see a difference in sex and gender, and how uh, does the Bible see it the same way that you do? And, and so the whole conversation was going back and forth. It was a little awkward, isn't it? It was real awkward. Yeah. And yeah. I had to study it out. When you gave me the topic, my mind went exactly to the same spot, you know, 30, 40 years ago this wouldn't even be a question. It would be, it would, it wouldn't be worded that way. Right. It wouldn't be worded that way, but it's like times have really changed. And we were told by our Lord in the Olivet discourse, the whole chapter given to his, his soon return, uh, that, um, it would be like Sodom and Gomorrah in the cities about them. And there was a lot of, uh, gender issues <laughs> going on in Sodom. Yeah. And so the fact that this is in our face, it's in our kids faces, uh, it's in our, our parishioners faces. I have a, a, a member, uh, that I've known for years, a godly man whose daughter, uh, at about age 15, beautiful girl, feminine, pretty, boys really liked her and in a, in a good way. She was, seemed to be a great worshiper, always sought me out and she started suffering gender confusion. Mm -hmm. And I love this gal. And of course now she goes by a guy's name and she, I, I, I mean this with a, a tender heart, but she went from being a beautiful girl to being, you know, kind of a strange looking guy because mm -hmm. she's just so, he, he, she's so feminine and it, 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 it breaks. No, no, no. <clears throat> she, yeah. 
yeah, gender. She. It, this God God made both male and female. That's right. Plus the other the other seventy one genders that we've been told about today are are man made. Well, and and we're going to talk God made. Yeah, and we're going to talk about those other genders. So as I did research on this, what I found was that it wasn't until the fifties. It wasn't until the fifties differentiating between sex and gender was prior to that. It was completely foreign to the medical and the psychological communities. No, nobody recognized it prior to the fifties. And then all of a sudden the fifties come in and it starts and then it, it had some speed, but it didn't, it wasn't a rapid takeover. And uh, soon the Bible's out of the school prayers out of the school. Soon we're killing our babies and it's just a continued step down, step down, step down for society. And uh, God is not the author of confusion, but Satan right. is the author of confusion. And then with the heartbreak of this confusion, there's just anger and hate towards those who hold to the Judeo-Christian moral standard that we find in Scripture. You were unfolding the progression of the decay of our society. So in the fifties, this starts coming out the idea of this, not so, so it's just an idea. We're going to play with it and see how we can bring it into society. But in the process of bringing in corruption, we have to take out righteousness. Mm -hmm. And so as, as they're bringing in corruption, we're taking out God, we're taking out prayer, we're taking out the Bible, we're taking out churches, we're, we're attacking Christians. And, and this whole process starts happening to demoralize our society. Confuse the society, demoralize it. I think of children walking into our public schools and some of the things that they're seeing gender questioning uh, in their textbooks. The whole historic Western culture was based on thus saith the Lord. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, we might have Catholicism and Protestantism and evangelicalism and Islam and Judaism. But on these issues, there were these these weren't issues right uh, in that realm. But as we've turned as a society away from the Word of God, our our Constitution, if you please, our moral guideline, then anything goes. And when anything goes, here here it comes in like a flood. Well, and and what's interesting is I found out this past weekend, the Bill of Rights and the Ten Commandments. You have Ten Commandments. You have Ten Bill of Rights. Here's the interesting thing. Each one of the Bill of Rights was written out of the uh, each one of the Ten Commandments. Didn't realize that. Yeah. Shame, I, shame uh, on me, right? Uh, but but now all of a sudden I, f I figure this out and I'm like, oh my goodness, man. And so obviously it explains why we have to get rid of the Constitution. It explains why we have to get rid of the Bill of Rights because all of that comes from the Scriptures. Now they're viewed as sexist or racist if we disagree with them, we're racist. If they disagree with us, it's because we're full of hate. I mean, we, <laughs> blessed are ye when all men shall revile you right? and speak evil against you falsely. For so persecuted they the prophets. And yeah. Jesus said they they're going to hate you because they hated him. Yeah, first. So, but but I just find it interesting that that. It's always a one-way street, and we're always to blame. Yeah, The conservatives are always to blame. Well, the prophetic picture was that woe under them that say good is evil, and evil is good. Mm. And so when we hold to uh, biblical morality, now we're the bad guys. Right. Now we're the hate mongers. Right. In the 50s, 
in, somewhere in the fifties, this starts, this whole idea starts coming up of, of genderism, if you will. Uh, but let me just say this, there's rare instances where gender can be an issue and that is less than, let me tell you this, less than 1% of the community, of the uh, population where physically, physically there's some difference and, we're, and we'll, we'll get into that and talk about it. So, uh, but other than that, listen, scientifically, psychologically, uh, I mean, you, you name it, they will tell you that there are only two genders. Uh, the XX is female. The XY is male. Here's what I discovered that I didn't realize. You, or, or, or I pulled it up because I really wanted to get both sides of this. You know, like I, I wanted to really see where, where the other side is coming from. And so in the process of doing that, I'm, I'm like, uh, let me figure this out and, and talk through it and listen through it. And I talked to my wife about it. And, and what I found out was scientists do only believe in two sexes, male and female. And even the left believe in two sexes, male and female. And the liberals, two sexes. And the unintelligent, two sexes. I mean, everybody believes when it comes to sex that there's only two, male and female. Where we divide is when we hit gender, they say it's up to what you think you are. That literally is the difference. I, and, and to me, I'm going, oh, so here's what we did once again. We change the definition to fit our narrative. We've thrown out the law, the moral code. And then instead of having absolute truth, the creator made it this way. And it's pretty obvious, you know. Males, boys' bathroom, girls' bathroom. Kids don't really have a problem with that. But as as he thinketh, and when you start letting somebody human thinking override mm -hmm. the uh, revealed word of God, right. here we well, are. well, because you know, usually our thinking comes from our desires. My desires are wicked, right. pretty much continually. Yeah, and we're gonna hit scripture that. Uh, well, I'll read it right now. Romans three ten through twenty three. It says this, and there's some things that I found interesting in studying this out. Man, it's amazing what you find when you study and more amazing what you find when you actually start reading. When people go, I don't read, I say, it's obvious. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> Thanks, I needed that, Johnny. I'm going to start reading more, man. That's right. I'm like, oh, man, get in there and read. Okay, so, so Romans 3, 10 through 23 says this, as it is written. So what we're finding now is Paul literally starts quoting the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. What I did not realize in this, and I'm going to point it out here in a minute, there's two places he pulls his quotes from. I find it interesting. Here we go. So in, in Romans 10, uh, three, I'm sorry, Romans chapter 3, 10 through 23, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good. No, not one. Their throat is an open tomb. With their tongues, they have practiced deceit. The poison of their asp is under their lips. 
whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now, I'm going to stop right here because I want to point out a few things. In 1 through 13, in 1 through 13, it is David, and it's coming from his Psalms. Mm Mm-hmm. Just read it yesterday. Okay. When we hit 14, I'm sorry, 14 is still David. Uh, 15, 16, and 17 is a quote from Isaiah. Going to read that tomorrow. I thought, I literally, I thought all of this was quoted out of the Psalms. Mm -hmm. I did not realize that David or, or that Paul quotes David. And then when we hit verse 15, he starts out of Isaiah and then runs 15, 16, 17 out of Isaiah. Then when we hit 18, he goes back to the Psalms quoting David. Mm-hmm. So he's pulling the whole idea from the Old Testament, which also tells us, here's the thing about the Psalm, that they all apply, they apply to everyone. Yeah. Well, it's I, in the Old Testament like it doesn't count. Right. <laughs> And here's what we read. Well, if you ask some, it doesn't count. That's another podcast we did. Right. And then if you, if you think about this, he quotes Isaiah. Well, why would he quote Isaiah in the New Testament? Because Isaiah is a book of prophecy. And, wow. he's, and he's telling you how it's going to be, how it's going to be. So Isaiah works for us as well and fits with our society because it talks about what's coming. And so when we look at this guys and we read this, I, I love the fact that he takes, and, and it also tells me he knew his Bible. <laughs> <laughs> he did. Because he's quoting the Old Testament and of King David, and then he brings in Isaiah, which is prophetic to us. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace they have not known. Boy, if that doesn't talk about today. And so that's why Isaiah fits with us. And it's not out of context. And Paul didn't take it out of context because he says, listen, this is, this is what Isaiah said is coming. It's here. Mm-hmm. Yep. The last days, it'll be as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them. You know, a thought that it comes to me as well uh, in, in reference to, to gender issues. Psalm 139, when you listen to our creator, he, he looks at you and I and he says that we're fearfully and wonderfully, and wonderfully made. Psalm 139 is one of the most beautiful psalms that talks about how God made us and how much he loves us. I call it the psalm of self-acceptance. You know, to you know, as a child's growing up and his parents are affirming, correcting them for wrong, but affirming them constantly, constant affirmation. Here's our heavenly father, our creator. He looks at us and says, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. I didn't give you the same gifts that everybody else had, but I've given you sacred gifts. And to discover those gifts and to hone those gifts and to use those gifts brings such fulfillment to the soul. But when you take all of that away and that affirmation from our Father, then we're left like, well, I want to be like him, and he's a good dancer, but I can't dance, so I'm a yeah. loser. And, and she's prettier than me, so I'm so ugly. I'm such a loser, and we just lose sight. And, and the enemy comes in like a flood, fills people's minds with nonsense, with lies. Mm-hmm. And, and it's amazing how those, those lies are always demeaning to the people. I remember a, a cartoon meme or whatever it was 
So it shows elephants, birds, monkeys, crocodiles, uh, a dog, stuff like that. And then it has this big tree. And it said, if you can't climb this tree, you're a failure. Mm-hmm. Well, not everyone was designed to climb the tree. Now, the bird could get to the top of the tree, but he wouldn't climb. He'd just get to the top of the tree. Mm-hmm. The monkey, the monkey could climb all the way up to the top of the tree. Dog can't do it. Alligator sure can't do it. And the elephant, he might reach to the top of the tree, but he's not going to climb the tree. And so all of a sudden, out of the whole group, you only had two that felt successful. One cheated because he flew to the top. The other one actually climbed to the top. So we only have one successful. Everyone else were failures. If you look at it the way the world looks at it. But if you look at it the way Psalm 139 looks at it and the way you were saying, nobody's a failure when they do what God's designed them to do. And, and if they are who God designed them to be. So if, you're, if you try to be anything other, you're going to feel like a failure. Yeah. I see this uh, uh, probably more among women than, than men because uh, men look upon women, uh, lost men especially, look upon women for all the wrong reasons. And I see women feeling, uh, feeling ugly. Mm. And because they're five pounds overweight and they become, here comes anorexia. And then you, you find them that uh, they're doing weird things to their hair that are so unnatural. And I see women that are just God made very beautiful. And now they're looking really strange mm. and to an effort to feel beautiful. Right. And in reality, God said, you already are beautiful. And I think of this uh, as, as a kind of a humorous illustration. I always have a place I put my wallet, put my keys and, I went there and it wasn't there. So I yelled at my wife, Hey, where'd you put my wallet? And I didn't touch your wallet. And well, it's the kids can't reach it. It had to be you because it wasn't <laughs> me. And she said, you're crazy. You're on your own. And I'm looking in the car and I'm looking, I retraced my steps. I'm looking in the pockets in my pants. I can't find it. And I'm running late now and I'm getting intense. And, and, and then I reached down in the back of my, <laughs> had it in my pocket all the time. I couldn't find it because I already had it. Right. And God has already given us things that are just so fabulous. We're fearfully right. and wonderfully made. And when you feel that, you feel affirmed. You women can feel their beauty. They can feel their value. Uh, they don't need to have some man come and get give them value because they've already got value from their heavenly father. And uh, so mentally they are secure. Right. One of the things that I, that, I find interesting is the world will sell you, uh, tell you and sell you, uh, your self-esteem is low self-esteem, self-esteem, man. Self-esteem is literally a form of pride. It doesn't come from God. You don't get your identity from self-esteem. You get your identity from Psalm 139. Mm -hmm. You are fearfully and wonderfully made from Genesis. Let's make man in our image from Jeremiah, right? I have a future and a hope for you. I mean, we get, listen, we get our identity from God. If we try to get it from anywhere else, we're going to have we're a mess. We're a mess. Yeah. And that's what, what's going on today is people uh, are convinced at such a young age. I look at all these movie stars, right? And some of them were absolutely beautiful. And if they would have just aged the way God had intended for them, it would have been amazing. I'm trying to think of her name, Jennifer Aniston. So Jennifer Aniston had a beautiful face, but she became insecure about herself herself, and she has Botox stuck in her lips. And now I'm like, why? She was so beautiful. And now I don't even care to look at her. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's uh, when you feel ugly, you do things to remedy it, and it makes the problem worse in, yeah. in the eyes of the beholder. And, and that's the whole thing. And it's like, man, if you left yourself go the way God made you and just gracefully aged, you'd have been more beautiful. But when you try to keep looking the way you think you need to look because man says your self-image is or your self-esteem, right, all of a sudden you start getting feeling this, this complex. I remember when I was young, and, and people do this to us. You know that. People put uh, unnecessary pressures on us. Uh, one of the things I do appreciate when I see, like I get J.C. JCPenney uh, pamphlets or whatever that are advertising clothing. And I, I like to buy nice clothes. I, <laughs> I, I do. I'm worse than a woman, I think, sometimes on diamonds. And, and I got to give you some hippie training. Go to secondhand <laughs> stores, John. You know, well, well, so check this out. I went to, Sherry and I, we went to the mall yesterday. And I said, hey, let's just get there early because I don't want to drive in the traffic and less people in there. We'll be the only ones in there without masks and uh, so on and so forth. So we get there early. Man, there is a suit, a four hundred dollar suit the jacket is marked down to 38 dollars the pants are marked down to 16 dollars and it's all my size <laughs> so at any rate that'll even bring a hippie out of retirement right? <laughs> <laughs> so i got this brand new beautiful new suit for you know 60 bucks i was in, in heaven. At any rate, my, my point was, so I see these, uh, I'm looking at the, the magazines that they send, you know, to get you into the store to buy. And what I'm seeing, and I'm really loving this, I am seeing uh, skinny women that they're, you know, they're, they have in these outfits, but I'm also seeing more realistic of what's in society women. Mm -hmm. Walmart women. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real, you know. They're fearfully and wonderfully made. <laughs> Sorry, Johnny. We have to rely on your editing skills here. <laughs> I'm not editing this out. Um, so, uh, hold on. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> Reality. You check. got a lot of sun, didn't you? <laughs> Did you forget Too to wear your hat? OD on vitamin D, man. Oh, that was okay. So, so I was thinking more of the full figured women in these uh, pictures. And so I thought, how cool is that though? That they are, they're just, they have real women in those pictures. Cause not yeah. everyone is five foot, seven inches tall, 110 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. I, I even told my wife, I go, look, you know what? This is so cool because what's that doing? That's taking pressure off of the women who will never, ever, even if they went anorexic, yeah. would never be five, seven, 110 pounds. And I just thought that's such an encouragement to the women to be who God made them to be. Yeah. Just yesterday I watched a, a documentary on the carpenters, Karen Carpenter, who was a beautiful gal back in my era, you were a little younger, but uh, boy, a voice like an angel. And she was a good girl. You know, uh, other people were really freaking out, getting crazy and drugs. And she was that whole, you know, like the goody goody yeah. two shoes. She was uh, five foot four, 140 pounds, and she felt ugly, and she was beautiful, and she became anorexic. And it was in the early days of understanding how that all worked. If we could have just got a hold of her, just saturated her brain with the word of God, Psalm 139, you're fearfully, you're and, fearfully wonderfully made. and wonderfully but made. She, she got down to 110, and um, 
and she still felt fat, and then she got down to 90 pounds, and then her body was so damaged by taking laxatives to try to help get stuff out of her body quickly and uh, uh, other things to uh, cause her thyroid to be more Well, active. it even got to a point where people were eating tapeworms so that yeah. it would eat. Take their nourishment. They could eat. She died at 78 pounds at age uh, 32, and it broke. You know, just it's just heartbreaking. Let's look at the opposite. So here you have you have men that'll be 300 pounds, five seven, 300 pounds, and they stand in the mirror and pose because they think they look. <laughs> or I see the guys that are you know in their late 40s now and they unbutton their shirt down to their belly and right. they get the big medallion hanging out and three or four chest hairs sticking right. out. They, they think they're impressing somebody. You know, they got the like, Mr. T starter kit. Oh man, oh man. <laughs> but you know, all that comes back to the same lie of the enemy. The enemy says you're not fearfully and wonderfully made. Right. You, how do you right. know that you're a man? How do you know that you're a female? Right. You know, something that really angers me is, you know, Satan targets the young. And, you know, uh, little boys well, know. Well, because that, they're the most impressionable. Yeah, little boys know they're little boys, and little girls know that they're little girls. And sometimes, Until their parents tell them they're not. Or the, sc- or school. the school. Yeah, how do you know that you are? And, uh, and then there's such attention given to that. Mm-hmm. It's in, in their faces, little children and right. grade school kids. Yeah. All of a sudden, it's, it's hate to be a man, to be a real man, to be a man's man. Yeah. That is just, that is not acceptable in society. Or a woman to be a woman's woman yeah. and, and be girly and be, you know, feminine and, and, but, and but even how that, God made her. It's, but even that is, uh, with the women, is way more acceptable than for, for a, man. For a yeah. man to be a man. Yeah, we have the feminization of our society. Yeah. 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 You know, people are like, uh, you need to find your feminine side. Listen. I did find my feminine side. It's you and your dog. I know that. Ape, no, <laughs> my feminine side. You cried twice on the on the podcast. The dogs, <laughs> the pets go to heaven. You do have a feminine side, Johnny. You well, love here's, your dog. Here's my feminine side. <laughs> I married my feminine side. Yes, you did. You did good. I, I did right, and so my feminine side is the voice that stands beside me, saying, uh, "Hey, babe, I think you need to bring it down a notch." Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's my feminine side. Yeah. But let me tell you this. So we're driving down the road and we go into this uh, um, area that uh, for, for a single lady or I mean a lady that's alone, uh, it might be a little scary. And I had my wife and daughter with me and my wife said, uh, my daughter was like, oh, I wouldn't come down here by myself. And my wife said, as long as we're with dad, we know we're safe. Mm-hmm. You know why? You know why? Because they had a man's man. <laughs> but, I mean, they had, they, they knew that they, my daughter knows that she's got a dad that's a man. My wife knows she married a man that will protect her. My daughters know that I will protect them. I will go down in flames doing what God made me to do. So that's one of the main three things that God made for a man, to be the pr- priest, the spiritual leader, the protector, mm-hmm. and the provider. And I know we're living in a world where some women don't maybe need as much protection yep. and some women are really good at providing too. And that's, that's all fine. But we have God uh, ordering the sexes. We have God giving the responsibilities to the sexes. Uh, men don't get pregnant. You know, right. I say I'm not man enough Car- to have kids. Car- you know? yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's tough. <laughs> well, here's the funny thing though. I was listening to a podcast the other day. Uh, that, this is out of Britain. A uh, caller calls in and talks to the host the caller's like, well, when people have menstrual cycles and the host said, women and girls. And the caller said, well, when people, 
And the host says, when women or girls, men do not have menstrual, menstrual cycles, the caller calls the host transphobic. Oh, you're transphobic. And, and the host said, wait a minute. Oh, stop. Stop. Tell me one man. Do you know men? Do you know any men that have a menstrual cycle? And the caller said, yes. And the host said, honey, you've been lied to. <laughs> <laughs> because men don't get pregnant. Men don't have the equipment. Men don't have menstrual cycles. And this is gender dysphoria, which is exactly what we're talking about today. Exactly. Exactly. And it's always amped with hate and anger and bitterness and attack. It's just the, the rationale, the science just goes away. You know, uh, men who want to be women have to take hormones and drugs for the rest of their lives. Listen, if you got to have and surgery it, and take hormone and take drugs the rest of your life, then you're not what you want to be. You're trying to become what you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it saddens me. My greatest joy in life is having that feminine bride oh my goodness. and knowing you know falling in love and then growing old on the same pillow quote that that song having children having grandchildren together and we buried a grandchild okay we've been through some stuff you know we've we've not had a uh it's know, not been a cakewalk no no we've had trials and heartaches but we do it together right and i see people that have chosen to not feel fearfully wonderfully made and not feel their gender and not gain the benefits of the God-given gender that they gave them and they didn't know parenting and they don't know grandparenting and they grow old and they don't have the fulfillment mm. of family life that we've had. So you can't improve. You can, cannot improve upon uh, God's best. Yeah, you really can't. I, I want to get back to Romans uh, three nineteen to finish up 19 through 23. <clears throat> and it says, now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law. Well, we all understand the law. It says that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Because the law shows us that we're guilty. The speed limit says if you exceed this, you're guilty for speeding. I mean, it's just the law is the law, right? Verse 19 or 20. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight being God's sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. It doesn't matter what we think. What matters is what we understand of what God expects. Because God created us, God set the guidelines, and we need to fall under those guidelines. And people say, well, I don't agree with that. But you will join a club and agree and fall underneath their guidelines, but God can't have guidelines. Mm -hmm. It's so frustrating to me. Everything's a double standard. I remember right? when I worked at UPS, you will wear a brown T-shirt or a white T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that period. And guess what you did? You wore a brown or a white shirt. Yeah. People follow the rules. Right. But for some reason, God's not allowed to have those rules. And so people live their life outside of the law or God's rules and wonder why it becomes a struggle. At any rate. So he goes on, verse 20. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. 
But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. So the law shows the righteousness of God. The prophets talk about and show the righteousness of God. So uh, when Romans says that we are without excuse, that's why we are without excuse, because God shows himself to us and people tell us about God. So now we're without excuse. Listen, you don't have to agree with the truth for it to still be true. And you're going to be held accountable for the truth, regardless of whether you believe it or not. It just is what it is. This is what Paul's talking about. Verse 22, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. As, as we look at this, in the first half here, Paul tells us what we're like. Mm-hmm. And then he tells us, because of the law, there's no excuse for it. And then he says, you're guilty and God will hold you accountable. One day we all stand before God. Uh, believers stand before the judgment seat of Christ because Christ paid for our sins on the cross. He yeah. took that judgment. And then unbelievers stand before the great white throne judgment and the books, the Bible, will be opened and people will give account of what's written in the book then. Here's the other thing too is everything they've done ever in life that's in the books, book, the book of their works. Yep. And that's going to be tried. read to them because it's, everything is a record kept of so that there, you can't refute it. We're going to be held accountable and we're all going to give an answer. I want to bring a few things back into this. It says, so I put down here, popular culture, postmodern psychology, do not change the fact that human beings are XX or XY. So on the sex side, Scientists, psychologists, nobody denies that. And even popular culture does not deny sex as male and female. I find this interesting because as we move on. And of course, it doesn't matter how much hormones you take because like you said, you got to take it the rest of your life. But if you quit taking it, all of a sudden you go back to what you were, only a messed up of what you were. Yeah, and unhealthier than what you would have been. Way unhealthier. Adding to the confusion of all this, we have gender options now today. It's like, we went to get an ice cream and my wife was like, wow, they got a lot more options here than they did last year. <laughs> and I looked at her and I looked at those and I went, not all of them are good. <laughs> Just like gender options, not all of them are good. So we're literally of upwards of 70 plus genders now. And all this is, is creative thinking. It's really not 70 genders. It's just creative thinking and denial of God. But some of these genders include, and I had to look up some of these things, man, because I was like, wow, this. I think I'd have to look, lift up about or look up about 68 of them. I know. Them. <laughs> <laughs> right. So here's some of them, but not, obviously, this isn't the whole list because I'm not going to read all of it. Agender, uh, adro- uh, androgene, androgynous, bigender, cisgender. Which, by the way, you and I would be cisgender, which means that we look like men, we act like men. Cisgender would be if a woman... <laughs> you know, I went to the doctor about two years ago and I went in and they do... They, and he went, yep, you're still a man. Well, no, this, the nurse comes in and they, they weigh you and they take your temperature and all that. And, and she said, what, uh, sec, what gender are you associating yourself with today? I was shocked. And she's just doing what her job. She's no, I get it. Yeah, I get it. I, nothing I get it. against I get it. her at all. Did you tell her, the, uh, hey, look here, this kind of, this beard kind of helps. 
I, I, I did make it into something humorous and I did not attack her, but I, I was shocked and uh, she was not surprised that I was shocked. Right. She was kind of embarrassed because she probably would have chosen not to have, have to read right. that to right. me. So it wasn't a me against her thing. So we had a little bit of fun with it. And I said, well, uh, I'm for old school. So it sounds like there's more than two genders to choose from <laughs> she's kind of playing along with me but right. yeah, yeah i said well you know what i'm i'm kind of confused enough with just two right you know male and female i i could call my wife and get affirmation right, 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 for this yeah. but i let's I'm call go my wife man. and ask her what she thinks I, I, i'm gonna go with man we can call her get affirmation i would she have goes, been so i would have looked and went i didn't shave today which one do you think i chose <laughs> <laughs> It's so sad, isn't it? Oh, my goodness. It's so sad. Well, so here's another one. Gender fluid. Gender fluid literally means that you can start out as one, but because there's nothing solid, it's fluid, so you can flow in and out of genders as you desire. It's gender fluid. Mm -hmm. I'll okay. play in the men's basketball team this week and the girls well, next week. Because I like to play. Yeah. <laughs> Let me get on every team, right? Uh, so gender fluid. Gender nonconforming. Uh, they're just not claiming. It's really kind of like gender fluid. None really. of your business. <clears throat> yeah, it's just gender questioning, gender variant. All of those really are, there's just a slight difference between all the ones I just read. From gender fluid, gender nonconforming, gender questioning, and gender variant. They're all kind of mm, right there. Gender queer. That's shocking to me. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't sound very politically correct. Yeah, right. Gender non-binary. Gender non-binary means I don't identify as a man and I don't identify as a woman. You are not going to lock me in. It's non-binary. Pan gender. I had to look up pan gender because I did not know what pan gender was. Me too. So pangender, basically, and this is how you can remember it, pangender identifies or can claim at any moment every gender, all 70 plus, at one time. Pangender is you take every gender you have and you throw them in a pan, and it's, your, it's, your, it's yours to choose from at any moment, and it can change with a breath. Pangender. Transfeminine, uh, meaning that you are uh, a man becoming a uh, male, a uh, female, and then transmasculine, which means that you are trans ending into your lady transing into a man. You know, I've heard of these 72 or 73 genders, and I never really knew the names of them. So this is kind of uh, uh, overwhelming and, to me. Right. And I find it very sad. Well, so here's what's going to be interesting, though. I want, I'm going to point a few things out. You have transgender, transsexual, and then, of course, you have options uh, neither, other, or none of the above, and then you got a bunch in between, right? So, so here's the interesting thing, though, that I found out. As I was looking up these names, putting everything together, what I realized is let's just say that your pangender has a, a, a sexual desire, because right now we're talking identity, right? But now if we talk sex, a pangender says, I can have sex with anyone, no matter 
what they look like, no matter what they call themselves, no matter what they uh, uh, wear, no matter uh, what sex they are. Like there's no limits. Pangender means everything and I can have sex with everything, anything uh, human speaking, right? But what I find interesting is you're non-binary. I'm neither male nor female. They recognize too. Pangender says I can have sex with a man or a woman that identifies any of the 70 ways. Um, you have trans feminine, trans masculine, which means I'm going from a, a man to a woman or a woman to a man. You have non-binary uh, or you have bi-gender, bi two, right? I can be either or. Uh, then you have, uh, all, my, my whole point is in all of this that I found is that as you look these up, no matter what sex they say, is male or female. Gender says, I think, I feel, I want to be, and then they can pick whatever it is they want to be. And be offended at anybody that doesn't see it their way. Yeah, and so if they want to be a female, then you can't call, even though you know they're a guy, and dude, they can legit have a beard and say they're a female, and if you say, no, you're a man, they have the right to be offended, but you don't have the right to call them a man, even though that's what they are. Mm -hmm. and, and, and the insanity is, what is the difference? And what does the Bible say about the difference? Because we're talking about the difference between sex and gender. Truth is, there's no difference between sex and gender. It's male, female. The difference today, which happened in the last century, and, and especially in the last few years, big time, is they changed the definition of gender to identity. That's literally all it means. My, my sexual identity. So sex means you're a male or female. Nobody, nobody argues that gender says I can, I'm a male, but I can be a female. I can be a male. I can be a female. I can go back and forth. I can, I can be fluid and do it any day, any time. And then they add in all these other genders, which really comes down to you're still only a male or a female that's choosing to identify in some ridiculous way yeah and in this world of sports it's really uh comes to a head where you see men performing in women's sports and it's so obviously not fair to right. women with the unfair physical advantages that that men have and, and, and i'm so proud of these governors that say no we're not gonna allow it in our yeah. state and i'm really proud of the women who go i'm not no we're not going to compete against men yeah good I'm, for them yeah and here's what a lot of them are realizing. Even the ones who, who claim all these different genders, even they go, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I can't beat you, but I can beat everyone else that's built like me, but I can't beat you. I'm not, I'm not playing against you. Like they're, even they are starting to wake up. Yeah. Where this comes in, into my life, uh, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a grandfather. And, um, what people, how people want to identify with themselves, that's, that's between them and God. Right. But when a man wants to go, no matter what his uh, gender ideas are about himself or others, when a man wants to go into the bathroom where my granddaughters are, there's still a problem with Papa there. Oh, uh, we're going to have, we're going to have issues. Yes, there are. Papa because might be guarding the, remember how I said I was man's man. Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You, you, so it's funny. I saw a sign that said, if you were this and it shows the men's symbol, mm-hmm. 
and you go into this and it shows the women's symbol on the restroom door mm-hmm. and my daughter's in there, you're going to need this. And it shows a handicapped bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. I agree with that. To get back to the Bible, though, on all these genders, the closest the Bible comes to mentioning gender dysphoria, and that's listen, that's that's what it is. It's gender dysphoria. Even their definition today says we admit there's a male and a female sex, but there's all these different genders. Genders are what you think you are, what you feel you are. So if you think you're a man, you want to be a woman, or you think you're a woman, you want to be a man, and you can dress any queer way in between because that's really what it is. It's just identifying with the opposite sex. So I don't, I don't even know what they're getting all jacked up about, but, but nonetheless, here's what the Bible says about gender dysphoria, uh, a, con- a condemnation of transvestism. You know, transvestites, they is simply a man dressing like a woman or a woman dressing like a man. Uh, and, and again, it's just identity. And so others are like, oh, I'm not a transvestite. No, but you have the same dysphoria, a mental dysphoria that you want to dress opposite or be or act opposite of what you are or have the appearance, whether you're changing yourself physically uh, by, you know, women have uh, typically bigger hips than men. And so men want the big hips. And so what do they do? Or they want breasts or they want, or women want uh, a penis. And so what do we do? We take and we take medicine or we have surgery to create what we want to identify as. doesn't make it right. And it still doesn't make you what you think you want to identify as, but either way, so transvestism literally is the idea of changing into the opposite sex from what you are. Here's what the Bible says about it. And this is probably as close as we can get, but nonetheless, it identifies it. Deuteronomy 22.5. A woman shall not wear anything that pertains to a man, nor shall a man put on a woman's garment. For all who do so are an abomination to the Lord your God. An abomination means an absolute repulsive, sinful, abhorrent person. That's an abomination. Now, homosexuals will say, no, no, that's not what that word meant way back in the day. Sorry, but look up every book, every dictionary, every definition, and abomination will always come up to be the exact same thing. You cannot, you cannot change the meaning of a word and accept it as truth. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's still a lie. Romans chapter 1 says they don't even like to retain God in their thinking. And I've seen people in, in those live, who live in that world that want to kind of bring God into their life, sort of. But it's always on their terms. Right. And we right. have the right to determine the terms. And it's like, no, you don't. The creator does. God is the boss. God is the creator. And he's given us his word. And he identifies the genders. He identifies the sexes. It's very simple. This just hit me literally as you were talking. How about if you created an artwork and you were so proud of it and you're like, man, this is perfect. It is wonderfully made. And someone comes along and says, ah, you didn't know you know what, you didn't do it right, and they start changing it to look like they wanted it to look, you would be incredibly offended. I know. My wife's an artist, and you were absolutely right. Right? Yeah. So why why wouldn't God be incredibly offended, Deuteronomy 22, 5, that's an abomination to the Lord your God, to change what he made? He will settle his books one day. Oh, my goodness. And in the meantime, uh, 
<sighs> we're living in a world that is basically tuned him out. It's the right. post-Christian era here in America. Uh, just the questions that uh, that are, arise in this arena are, are shocking to me. Mm-hmm. Mentioned going to the doctor and asking how I want to identify today, and I just kind of want to identify where I've always have. I'm not confused, and my heart breaks for those. It, but then when it starts being applied to my, you know, men uh, getting outside of the historic boundaries, restroom wise or sports wise, with my daughters, especially my granddaughters, it gets me a little crazy. I, I get, dude. I'm telling you, I get outraged, and I will tell you this unapologetically. I say this: if a man hurts my children or my wife all in the name of wanting to be like a woman. I will beat the crap out of you. I will put them in the hospital. And and let me tell you this, Duke. Unapologetically, I will protect my children and my wife and your children and your grandchildren yeah. and your children and your grandchildren from this, this perversion. dysphoria and perversion. Perversion. It is a mental, listen, according to the scriptures, it is a mental perversion that is sinful and God will hold you and anyone else that does it accountable. And the world is standing in opposition to those that don't fall into this camp. Oh yeah, because we're hateful here. And let me just say this, I'm not hateful. I'm just looking at history the way it's always been up until the new age thinking and the progressiveness and all this decides they wanna change definitions, they wanna change meaning, and they wanna impose their thoughts on me and when I don't accept it, I'm hateful and racist. I'm gonna take a stand. And it's not being hateful or racist. And I tell, this is what I tell my church and I tell everyone else. I'd rather have you mad at me than have God mad at me. Absolutely. I'd rather have you leave the church mad than God leave the church mad. You know, one of the great joys we have as a pastor, as we face and have to stand against uh, the encroachment of evil upon us is precious people who once were in those different camps that came up empty Mm -hmm. and they were really seeking God and God really did visit them. Jesus really did knock on the door of their heart. Yeah. They did bow their knee to Jesus. And today they are, with broken heart, standing right where we stand, right where I stand. And and there's so many that absolutely regret oh, absolutely. the decisions they made that are not, uh, they're irreversible. Mm-hmm. And they have to live with that the rest of their life. And, and, and you know what, they'll, they'll live with it. But I've heard testimony, man. It's, it's, it's horrible regret. Yeah. They've done some physical things. And psychological that. damage that they have yeah. to struggle with every day. So I want to come back to this real quick. When we get when we're talking about that, uh, the, the closest the Bible comes to uh, mentioning gender dysphoria is Deuteronomy twenty two five. We've read that, right? Uh, if you dress or act like uh, opposite sex, it's an abomination to God. And you can say, well, that's Old Testament. But I will tell you this. I didn't see a timestamp where that verse expired. And also, God says, I'm a God who does not change. And so uh, if he thought it was an abomination, then he thinks it's an abomination today. Because contrary to people, God does not change with the times. God is the times. And none of the moral laws uh, from in the Old Testament changed. 
None. The New Testament came. Yeah, no, the yeah, thing exactly. That Great point. None of the moral laws. No, it was just the the Levitical ceremonial, ceremonial offerings. Christ yep. is our sacrifice. Yep. He's fulfilled all of that. Uh, we don't need a priest to go to God. All Amen. of us are kings and priests through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So the moral part of the law hasn't changed a bit. Amen. Great. Thank you for that clarification. But it does mention here eunuchs. Now, a eunuch, uh, they are typically born without ability. Uh, they ha- they look like a man. They have uh, the build of the man, but they don't have the uh, sex of the man or the organ, the sex organ mm-hmm. of the man. What happens usually with them, and, and that falls into less than 1% of the community mm-hmm. or of the people, if you will. Of the, of the, Way less than 1% in, 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 my, in my thinking. I yeah. haven't studied it out, but it's it, it, very rare. Yeah, so even today with all the modern medicines and, and, people and, and science putting people where they don't belong, even today they're saying at worst case scenario is one in every 2,000. Mm-hmm. So you're still talking less than 1% is minuscule. Yeah. In comparison. So at any rate, you have the eunuchs now. The eunuchs back then were, like I say, they were men uh, without the male organ. And some of them would even change themselves into a eunuch so that they would set themselves apart to God, mm-hmm. for God, to worship God. And then the kings would bring the eunuchs in and use the eunuchs to watch over their harem because they knew the eunuchs were not a threat to... <laughs> to Maintaining sexual purity. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's always been an issue. Yeah, the eunuchs were not a threat to maintaining sexual purity, man. That's a great way to put it. And so uh, Matthew nineteen twelve talks about the eunuchs, and it says here, and this is Jesus speaking, for there are eunuchs who were born thus from their mother's womb, and there are eunuchs who were made eunuchs by men. And that this, to me, is very interesting because this whole sexual identity thing and these operations were going on back in this day. Mm-hmm. Yep. People think this is a new age thing. Dude, it's been here forever. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so he says, uh, who, were made by, uh, who were made eunuchs by men, and there are eunuchs who have made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake. So there's three different types or, or three different reasons for a eunuch, right? Either born that way, made that way by men, or uh, which is if they, if they were caught in an adulterous affair, they could, they could do this or, you know, if not stone them and kill them. And then there were eunuchs that chose to be a eunuch like men cho- choose to be a monk, and they're like, hey, you know what? This because this is going to separate me, and it's a it's a forever thing. Yeah. I've heard it said that it was a choice that they made to for sexual abstinence uh, on occasion. But you know, it's really overwhelming when you look at the. There wasn't confusion about it. It was just identity. Okay, you're this, 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 and uh, life went on. Well, well, here's the thing: they never gave up their identity of a man. They just gave up the sexual pleasures, or they were born yeah. without uh, without the ability of that. Yeah, I, I think the book of Daniel, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, there was a lot of um, historical indication that perhaps they were made eunuchs. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to ask when I get to heaven. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> none of my business. Yeah, right. But the, the point is, it didn't matter. Uh, they still understood that they were a male, mm-hmm. and they understood that they carried... They carried themselves around like a man. You didn't look mm-hmm. at them. You couldn't look at them and see they were a eunuch. If you didn't know, you didn't know. Mm-hmm. Today, today, I, I, dude, I am so tired of these limp wrists going around, man. Yep. I'm just like, it's beyond me. Okay, and this is what I say. Listen, why is it if you choose to be a homosexual or this transgenders or gender, whatever, whatever dysphoria you have, why is it? 
number one, you got to make it public. And number two, why do I have to lose rights for you to gain the right to oppress me with your actions? Mm-hmm. Here we go. Last days. So Last society, days. Societies that bottom out always end in Sodom. Jesus finishes up his thought here in Matthew nineteen twelve when he explains the three different eunuchs, right? Born a eunuch, made by men, or cho- uh, those who choose uh, for heaven's sake. And then Jesus says this. He who is able to accept it, let him accept it. In other words, if this is where it's at, accept it, deal with it, and move on with life as normal. Mm-hmm. The whole idea of respect for others, they're, com- they're commanding respect for their position, but they're not giving respect for the 99.9% that aren't in there. Well, even, even, if, you, even if we give them the, the, the reality of 2%, that is a reality of 2%. If it was 50-50, it wouldn't matter. The Bible t- talks about having respect for others. And I, I show respect uh, to them. I don't want it for my grandchildren. Uh, I want to be protective. Well, God right. made us priest, protector, pro- right. providers. But it is it is utter confusion. The society's bottom out, and it's, it's filled with hatred. It's filled with confusion. And now it's in attack mode for the historic position. That's what really frightens me. That's what tells me the end is near. Frightens and frustrates because, again, why do they get special rights for this queer lifestyle and then I have to be punished because I don't agree with it? And you and others like us at 98% of the world, or at least of America. The closest for gender dysphoria that the Bible talks about is Deuteronomy 22, 5, the, the clothing. In Matthew and other places, it talks about eunuchs. But I will say this. The Bible consistently, and I mean consistently, the Bible declares the sinfulness of homosexuality. Old All, and New Testament. Old and New. Leviticus 18, 22. You shall not lie with a male as a, with a woman. It is an abomination, a disgusting act to the Lord. That's an abomination. By the way, I'm not telling you this because I don't love you. I'm telling you this because I do love you. You need to hear the truth. I say things very emphatically because it's, well, it's, there's no attachment to the words because the words are truth and we just want the truth out. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Yeah. Leviticus 20:13. If a man lies with a male as he lies with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. God will hold you accountable. Not me for telling you it's a sin, but you for refusing to let go of that sin. In those days, it was a civic responsibility for the elders to carry out this punishment. And because there was that punishment, the the younger generation of the world was watching that and said, wow, that's... Don't cross that line. Right. And they just had a standard. I'm sure people fell short of that standard, but it was very, very, very seldom this ever had to be happening. Absolutely. And then what would happen? Because it was dealt with. Yeah. It was dealt with when they were walking with God. When they were not walking with God, then the land filled up with Sodomites again. And when a good king would arise, that was part of the cleansing of the nation, part of the repentance of the nation is to rid the land of the Sodomites. And, and, And when people, when a whole town, a whole city was not doing their job ridding them of the Sodomites, then they became Sodom and Gomorrah. And God, God's, God's judgment came upon the whole city. And God wipes out the entire city. Yeah, by bringing up enemies to come in and, and carry out that well, uh, discipline for him. And we know that because Abraham is like, Hey, if there's 
I can't remember all the numbers. Is the 30 people there where you spare it or 50 or whatever? He gets all the way down to 10. 10. And there couldn't weren't find 10 righteous. 10. And the crazy thing is, couldn't find five. Mm-hmm. There were only four. One of those four was questionable. I'd say three of the four. Lot had incest with two of his daughters. Well, I would so. say, yeah, yeah. Well, afterwards, four, 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 yeah, the wife, yeah, the wife, yes. <laughs> zero so for four, zero for four, right? And God just found favor on Abraham's family. That's all that one was. Yeah. And so, what does he do? Four of them get out, and then God rains fire down on the rest of the city. So, how crazy is it? And they say yeah. that there would have been about a half a million. They estimate between three hundred thousand and a half a million people in Sodom and Gomorrah, mm-hmm. and God wiped out the entire city. It really comes down to, are we going to listen to what God says? Or are we going to do what we feel? Yeah. Well, obviously, they want what they feel and how they look. R- Romans one twenty six through 27. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions, for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is, it, is against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another, men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. And then as you read on and you get into 32, 33, um, it says that the penalty for their error was death. Uh, That's New Testament. And that's New Testament. How about this? 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Do it's like he's saying, listen, don't don't get caught up just because it's socially accepted. Don't get caught up because some perverse governor made it legal. Don't get caught up in what man says. You better hang on to what God says. And God says neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Now, these are not because people used to be homosexuals and fornicators and idolaters, and what they do? They repented, left that lifestyle, and, and lived for God. They're going to heaven. The ones he's talking about here are the ones who refuse to acknowledge God and his truth, and they walk in their own deception, and that leads to death and hell. You can see God's mercy is reaching out in verse 11, and such were some of you. He met them in their sin and said, there's a better way. And they listened and they they believed and they came out of it and they became a testimony for Jesus and they turned away from that lifestyle. So when we look at the context of the passage, and I just told you it was those who were unrepentant, verse 11 confirms that as were, were, were such some of you. They repented. They turned from it. God gave them strength. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. So listen, you don't have to stay in that. Here's what God hates, Psalm 5.5. God hates those who work iniquity or those who are constantly live in and practice sin. God hates those people. And you're like, oh, you can't say that. But I can say that because God says no, that. He said it. You're quoting him. I'm quoting him. Exactly. And so people are like, I don't like that. It doesn't change the truth. First Timothy 1 10 says this for fornicators, for sodomites, sodomites are those who pra- who are practicing homosexuality. For kidnappers, liars, perjurers, if there is any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine. We see again, homosexuals, 
those who are sexually immoral are going to feel the wrath of God if you're unrepentant and you don't give your life to Jesus Christ. And, and you can say, that's hate speech. Listen, I'm quoting the Bible. Mm-hmm. The Bible's only hate speech because someone doesn't like it. Mm-hmm. Not because it's not true. Saving them from the fire. It's yeah. love. It's love. Yeah. And the big picture on the other side in eternity, looking back, for those of us that know the biblical truth and stay silent on it and let the world go to hell, shame on us. Now they want to shame on us for speaking about it, yeah. but on the other side, it would be shame on us if we didn't uh, sound the warning. So the Bible, nowhere, nowhere, nowhere in the Bible does it mention anything about men thinking they're women and women thinking they're men. It only talks about gender dysphoria in the case of being transvestites, where one wants to dress as another. We see the homosexuality. The Bible is very clear about that. But nowhere in Scripture does it talk about what man is trying to do today, and that's how perverse man has become. Yeah, we're back on the bottom. But, you know, the Bible says that in the last days... Men will turn away from the truth, turn their ears unto fables. And uh, as we live godly in Christ Jesus and, and hold up historic morality, that we will be attacked for doing so. But it, it's a badge of honor. I um, I want to stand strong on the word of God without yeah. apology. Yeah. But uh, the wrath will come anyway. Yeah, what's going to happen is going to happen. Biblically speaking, people are only male or female. Period. There's no gender spectrum uh, or continuum even hinted in the scriptures. The Bible does teach that sin has devastating effects. Here we go, Genesis 2.17. And we're going to go Genesis in Old Testament, New Testament. Uh, I always try to make sure I get old and new in there because I want people to see same uh, message, same message. It never, never changed. Uh, Genesis two seventeen. but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat for in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. And so the devastating effect on sin and this disobedience uh, was death. We see here in Genesis six, five, then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And so what do we see here? We see that man's heart was on evil and destruction as it plays out. God kills them all. What do we have? The, we have death. The cost of sin in, in so far in both cases, death. Judges 17.6. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. You know what we find out from there? God literally sold them. He sold them to their enemies and put them in bondage. So in this case, it wasn't death. It was bondage for their disobedience. I think that's where America is today. Everybody's doing right in their own eyes, and God's like, oh, you're about to go into bondage. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we are today. In Romans 3, 10 through 23, I read that earlier, right? It talks about there's none righteous, no, not one. No one understands it. There's none who seeks after God. We've all turned aside. We've all, so we've all done uh, all this wrong, right? And then when we finally get down through the verses, what happens? Well, we pay for our sin by falling short of the glory of God and being separated from God. 
The wages of sin is death. death. Right? And then we see here in Romans 8.22, for we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. And that's talking because man chose to live his own way, what was right in his own eyes. And then we get evil rulers in like we have now with Biden and Harris and Cuomo and the likes. Michigan's experiencing it. California's experiencing it. Welcome back to New York. Yeah, right? (laughs) And you even said when you left Florida... There was a freedom. And then you came here. And it was darkness and bondage. It yeah, was you oppression. Feel it. You literally feel it. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't feel good. And people that live here that haven't left, they're, they're not snowbirds. They don't feel it. You know why? They're used to it. They're the proverbial frog. Yeah. Just that's all we know. And I remember we got down there. We could feel the freedom when we got down there and we could feel it. But when we were here, it's like, this is just all we know. Yeah. So the devastating effects on sin is death separation from God, groans and moanings and labor pains. All of these are devastating effects because all of them take their toll on you physically, mentally, and spiritually. And when those three are attacked, it brings death. We sit with all the doom and gloom and the hate and the craziness and the insanity and and gender confusion, and then here comes Jesus. Yep. And he just simplifies it all. Well, and he, he, and he does. Female. The reality is the hope in this, and because I know you, you hate the downside of it, uh, the unfortunate thing about this topic is the only upside is Jesus. There you go. That's, That's the it. only upside. There is no other upside in that lifestyle except to remove yourself from it, repent of your sins, and give yourself to Christ. Yeah. And he, he, his arms are open wide. Oh, my goodness. And then the freedom that he gives us. He put himself in bondage so that we could have freedom. Mm-hmm. There's a certain very, 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 very small group of hermaphroditism, which is those who are born possibly with both sex, or, you know, obviously there's a sexual variant from what would be of the norm. Other than that, guys, anybody else that's claiming this problem has a problem. And the problem is not their sexual problem or their sexual identity. Their problem is they've left God, they don't believe God, and they hate us because we don't agree with them. As Christians, we should show grace and compassion. Even when it's difficult, we still need to show grace and compassion to those who are struggling with gender. I call it genderisms because there's so many. Uh, But the truth is it's gender dysphoria. We need to show compassion. We need to show grace. We need to treat each person, every person, uh, as human beings and show them the love of Christ. We must do that. Even if they don't treat us the same, we must treat them with love and grace and humility that God wants us to extend to them. That does not mean we approve of their lifestyle. Mm -hmm. That does not mean that we accept their lifestyle as the norm. We still stand for truth. We speak truth, but we speak truth that there are only two genders with the love. Ephesians 4.15 says this, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ. If we speak truth in love, they very well may raise up to follow Christ and he would get the glory. Again, it doesn't mean that we attack and we put on hate. 
It means we speak truth, understanding, though, that sometimes the truth to the one hearing it that doesn't want to hear it is going to come across as hate. Just because I disagree with you doesn't mean that I hate you. What it means is I love you enough to tell you the truth. There's the difference. I pray, I pray today that that this helped you. I pray that you found hope in this. I pray that you got understanding between sex and gender. And I pray that if there's someone in your life that's trying to live a life other than what God intended them to live, that you don't support their behavior. You pray for them and you speak truth and love. It's the only way we're going to win this war uh, on our children and on those that we love and on our community, our society, and our nation. Listen, if this helped you, I hope you like, share, subscribe, and follow. And until next week, God bless.